Yes, oh yes, so oh yes. We got a good one for you, fellas. We got a good one. And we got him here for the entire show. And we really appreciate you joining in. I Go appreciate ahead, you. Hey, how is everybody doing? My name is Ant Marshall. I'm from Monroe. Three one greats in the building. I appreciate yeah. y'all for having me in here tonight. Absolutely, man. We we we're yes, glad sir. to have you on. We're glad to have you on. We're gonna talk some baseball. <laughs> We're going to talk some basketball. And look, we got to discuss this Frank Wilson thing a little bit. Um, but let's get right into it, guys. Baseball. Whoo. Yes. Yes. You got to love it. The baseball walks it off. Jordan Thompson on an absolute moonshot in the 11th to win the game 5-4. to four. Zach, I know you weren't able to watch as much of it tonight, but I mean, work through the game, you know, what you could watch and what you saw today from Blake Money and the Tigers in general. Yeah. Uh, so, what I did get to watch, um, I, I got to see the K Doty homer, which was awesome because the offense seemed like it had stalled. It seemed like they really weren't going to get much going. To me, it felt like LSU wasn't going to be able to get a win for the starting pitcher. The dude was just killing us. I mean, he was he was keeping us uh, off the base pads. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think the first guy that got on base was Jack Merrifield. He had a single, I believe. The dude was locking us down offensively and, and just pitching really well. Blake Money had a pretty good game, too. I know that's going to get overlooked a little bit because of how good the game the Oklahoma pitcher had. But, you know, finally, K. Doty comes through. He hits the two-run bomb. He ties it up, and you're like, okay, maybe you know, maybe this is the push we needed. You know, let's get out of this inning. Let's get to the bottom of the ninth, and you know, let's scratch a run through and let's 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 get out of this game. Unfortunately, it had to go to extras. I wasn't able to get to see the walk-off, so I am completely <laughs> upset about that. I didn't get to see it live. Luckily, Reagan, luckily Reagan sent me the video, and oh my gosh, the dude just. I mean, he torched it. And to drop the bat, I mean, and just walk, I mean, it was fantastic. Way to end the game. You definitely have to be happy for LSU getting the win here. You know, obviously going to the next game against the number one team in the country is going to be a huge test, and so you had to have a win here. The fact that this team found a way to fight back and claw back and find a way to get a win shows what kind of team this is and shows that they are a resilient team that they can, you know, that they can find a way to win when, whenever the bats aren't going as good as they need to be, whenever you got three errors and, you know, you make some plays that you aren't accustomed to making, you still can find a way to win, even if it does take extras. And that that's the um that's the merit of a championship team, you know, to, to be able to find a way to win like that. 
And I saw what somebody in the comments said, um, we have trouble hitting left-handed pitching right now. And then I think we saw Jake Johnson try to try to maneuver the lineup a little bit to try to find a way to get some get some bats on some of that left-handed pitching when when you take uh Joe Barry out the game for Drew Bianco, you know, you're trying to get some of that left on right-handed batting um situations in there. But some of those still didn't end up winding out in hits for us. You know, it's still a short season so far. We still have a long way to go. So this right here was a, just another example of of what we're going to see later down the road, these kind of close close games like this. So being able to find a win is a good testament for us so far. Yeah, no question. No question. I want to back up just a little bit uh, to Wednesday night. I know we want to talk about uh, what just happened because it was incredible, no doubt. But, look, the Tigers played a good New Orleans baseball team. Blake Dean uh, and his team, uh, they they know how to hit, and we, we kept them in check. And our offense got going, and we won that game eleven to three. And it was really a you know a special night just in Baton Rouge because you had Paul Maneri and Skip Burtman there. They were sitting in the stands together watching the ball game. Blake Dean is coaching the opponent's team, and obviously you're playing in Alex Box Stadium against the Tigers. It was just a really good night for LSU baseball in general to be able to see that. You know, and and, and some of Paul's closing statements when he had announced his retirement and stuff, you know, he said he's going to be enjoying staying in Baton Rouge and watching games with Skip. And I was really looking forward this year to seeing that, and it was awesome to to see that, especially the night when Blake Dean was in town. Just a really special night. But, look, Tigers take care of business, right? That's 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 the thing that matters. And, man, and you, you, you hit it on the head. This, they, the Tigers showed fight tonight. They showed grit, and, and 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 they showed that they can battle back in tough situations. I mean, you didn't score until the sixth inning. You did not score until the sixth inning. Your first run scratches across. You you get a double from Doty to open the inning off, and then you have back-to-back outs, and you can't even advance the runner. Um, and, and finally, Dugas scratches him across. And, and it feels like, okay, you know, maybe we can do something. Of course, Zach alluded to the double, the, the two-run home run, which was, oh, my gosh. K. Doty was clutch all night. I mean, I mean he literally came up clutch the entire night. He, he hit the double to kind of get us rolling offensively. He hit the two-run home run to tie it up. He, he hit the, the double down the line to, to bring in Trey Morgan to tie the game up in the 10th. When you were down to your last strike, two outs, Two strikes. K. Doty comes up clutch and hitches the hits the ball down the line. Game MVP definitely has to go to K. Doty. It's K. Doty. There's Easily. there's no question. It's K. Doty. Easily. 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 I mean, what did he go like three for five or or, or yeah, he had three something. RBIs. Yeah, and, and of course, yeah, three RBIs as well. And I mean, man, just absolutely clutch. Um, I do want to talk about Blake a little bit, Blake Money. Like you said, Zach, the Oklahoma pitcher, man, hats off to him. I mean, he absolutely shut us down completely. We could not figure him out. And honestly, I was surprised when they pulled him because the dude wasn't even at 90 pitches yet. But Blake comes out, and he's he continues to do what he did. He did, he did allow a run, his first earned run, right, on the home run. But, it, I mean, again, it came off of – when Oklahoma was at two outs, it was a full count, and he was darn near out of that inning. 
and uh, he gave up the the swing. Uh, the dude went a home run. It was like number seven. I, I forget his name on Oklahoma. You hate that that happened, but he still was efficient, guys. I mean, with, with this type of lineup, and we held Oklahoma with, with Blake Money pitching to to one run, and then the other the other guys were the ones who allowed the the, the other three runs um, after Blake. But the lineup that we have. If he's going to pitch like that and only allow one, two, none uh, on on any given Friday night, you like your chances with the lineup that we had. You just faced another really good pitcher tonight that kept you in check. Did you like the moves that uh, he made Ant with with Bianco? I mean, did you like that? I, I mean, Joe Bear has been our hottest hitter, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, has been absolutely killer all year, and you bring a guy off the bench who really hasn't been in much. We love Jerubianko, obviously, but I just, in my opinion, I, I just don't know if I was all for it. I agree with you on that. I don't, I don't necessarily know if taking Joe Bear out is the right decision, especially like you say, since he's been our best hitter so far and Bianco hasn't really shown us much at the plate yet. And considering it didn't pay off either, it's, it's easy to look back yeah. in hindsight and question it even more. But I'll I'll take the the optimism side of it. You know that's kind of rare for me. But I'll take the optimism side of it and say that um, we kind of know what Joe Bear is so far. You know he's kind of shown us that he can be that con- that consistent power hitter in the lineup. Yeah. So getting getting Drew Bianco some at bats in a pressure situation like that could help pay dividends down the road when we get to conference yeah. play because you you know he's been in kind of those situations he's kind of more battle tested and, and jay johnson can know if he can trust him not in those situations so i yeah. think if you look down the long road these at bats are going to come in handy for for uh drew bianco whenever he's in these situations again and the fact that we got to win you know i'm okay with it but if yeah, we would have lost if, if we would have lost i probably would have been you know second guessing <laughs> a little more but, correct I, um, but I do agree with you that it's tough taking Joe Bear out. But I think I'm gonna take the long term approach and look at it like you know we're right. just get, we're just getting guys reps who might need an SEC play. And yeah, and, and by no means am I questioning Jay Johnson's yeah. coaching ability. Um, I just don't know if that was the the correct move at the right time. We know that he's an offensive coach and and he's going to try things that we're not maybe used to seeing in, in the past, right? I mean, this yeah. is a new year, new coach. I, I can be okay with the Bianco one. But, look, Jack Merrifield has been producing down at the bottom of the lineup. Peterson. And I really don't know about pulling him for the freshman. I love Jack's defense over at third more than I like Barry's defense at third. Uh, that's, I mean, that's not a knock on him, but ba- – Dude, Maryfield was the national uh, junior college defensive player of the year, and I mean, he's kind of showed a time or two. I know he committed an error today, but he's been producing. His defense is good. Leave him there, in my opinion. I don't. I wouldn't put a freshman in that position. I know Ant's been really high on Jack Maryfield, yeah. uh, especially early in the season. Ant, so what's, yeah. what's been your your take on on Jack early this season? Yeah, he he. I ain't, I'm not gonna lie. He, I wouldn't. I wouldn't expecting him to come in and be this big of a contributor. You know, um, I thought that he was gonna have to kind of ease his way in, but he's he's shown that he's not only capable in the field, but he's he's had some timely hits and and came up clutch a couple times so far in the season. So I think that he he's been a a real gem for us and been a shock and a pleasant surprise for Jay Johnson. And I, I agree with you. It's kind of tough 
to to put in a freshman there. But I think that goes back to one of them situations where they were trying to get they had a right handed pitcher in. They were trying to get a left handed batter up there for you know kind of the op. But looking back in hindsight, I think you kind of got to go with the hot hand there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even even and that goes same situation with the Joe Bear. You know, pulling Joe Bear, you got to kind of yeah. keep the hot hand going there. Look, guys, it was a great start to to Houston, right? Definitely. I mean, for sure. you came here to win and you beat Oklahoma. This is your first Power 5 team, and you got in there and you won the game. You did what it took to win the game, and yeah, you got to love it. And great Reagan, momentum. To that, to, to that comment, you know, I think something that I love what Paul Mary did, uh, Paul Maneri did whenever he had his teams was 24 hours. Win or yep. lose, yep. take the 24 hours, and then it's, it's, a, it's a completely new ball game. The Jordan Thompson thing to cap it off was incredible. I mean, dude dropped the bat, and I was like, "That he's that dude right now, right? He was the hero of the night. I, I kind of lost my mind for a minute when he dropped the bat. I, I'm not going to lie, I lost it. I mean, I thought about opening the show with a screaming match with my microphone. I mean, after that, I, adrenaline running through my veins. That was absolutely awesome. Great, great start to the series. Let's move here from the diamond to the hardwood. Tough, 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 tough game. Late Wednesday night in Bud Walton. Do we have uh, to talk about it? Do, really? We got <laughs> to talk about it because I got some things to say, but I'm going to let y'all uh, say it first, okay? I, I'm going to let y'all give your piece first about this game, and then I, I might light a fire under a few SEC officials. I might do it. Okay, so obviously – I'll let Ant and Reagan sort out the fouls and, and everybody, you know, everybody's talked about that. My problem is LSU, the fouls that were warranted, you, you can't, you can't foul that much. If you take away, I think there's three to four fouls that you count that were bad calls in the game and they were big calls. They were massive calls, but there were 20 fouls, 20 other fouls in the game, 21, 22 other no. fouls in the game that, were unnecessary. Now, some of that's just playing basketball, but there were a lot of fouls that were just unnecessary and put players in the position that they were to foul out. Now, some of those fouls that they got in, the, in, in fouling out were, were bad calls by the refs. But mm. as we've said, LSU has mm. continually had the problem of not being disciplined with, with fouling. Yes, there are bad calls that the refs make, and, and they're extremely frustrating. LSU as a team – fouls way too much. They foul way too much. In fact, in, in, in SEC games, they have fouled SEC opponents 20-plus times. They're averaging that in the SEC, and they are putting teams at the line 25-plus times a game. So that's my biggest critique uh, of, of this game outside of the terrible calls. And I'll, like I said, I'll let y'all get into that. But LSU has to stop fouling. I thought overall, though, they played, they played pretty well. You know, offensively, they, they played better. They put up over 70 points. There was a lot of, of, of meat left on the bone, though, from this game. And uh, there's a lot you still have to clean up. The problem is you've mm. continued to see the same problems. And Adrian Perkins, draw a charge from Arky. Got it. Yeah. Breach it. So mm. <laughs> I'll let y'all get into that because I'll lose it. <laughs> if I talk about the, the calls that, I, in my opinion, were missed or, or, or not made correctly, but, uh, but in overall, you know, I think LSU, they, they could have won this game um, outside of the bad calls. You cannot let referees affect the outcome of the game because obviously it's going to make the fan base go berserk. 
But if you're a, a sound and disciplined team, then you're not going to allow the refs to affect this game. Um, and, and unfortunately, they did. One of Will Wade's best games was ruined by one of the SEC officials' worst games. Yeah. yeah. Will Wade had a great game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I've criticized him a lot about this season. LSU made their free throw, something I criticized them a yeah. lot about this season. Um, the one my one criticism is gonna be Xavier Pinson. You can't go f- what five for twenty one, I believe, or something like that. You can't, you can't, you can't do that. Not not in a game that's that close, that's decided by one possession. You know, you can't you can't shoot yourself out of a game like that. Whenever your your point guard is making those kind of decisions, I don't understand the some of the shots he takes. I don't feel that's what. Will's calling up. I feel like he's just taking a shot. I mean, honestly, he, I mean, he's proven that he's not the shooter, right? I mean, Adam Miller is supposed to be your shooter. And we are short a shooter, no question. The only true shooter, maybe, on this team is Brandon Murray. Really. Yeah. I mean, you, you are short a shooter. And I don't know if they're trying to make him a shooter or what they're trying to accomplish, but. I really feel like that's not what Will Wade's drawn up. I feel like he's seeing the opportunity and just taking it. And he has been so good and so efficient from moving the ball and moving the offense. I mean, Will Wade pointed it out, right? He, he said he's made the most sacrifice on this team. He's taking less shots, and he's moving the ball more. And if you look at his averages, he averaged more points at Missouri, but he averaged more assists here at LSU. And that's when we were really successful when he was moving the ball like that. And that needs to happen more. And if they're trying to turn him into a shooter, they need to go back to what they were doing before. So I, I don't know what y'all's thoughts are on that, but I mean, he he was efficient when he was moving the ball and and dishing it. Yeah, whenever he's that, whenever he's that traditional point guard, well, more of that traditional point guard, facilitate first and just get your buckets. You know, pick your spots to get your buckets. That's whenever this team was at its best. And he's kind of yeah. gone. He's kind of gone to a score first and facilitate second mentality. And I don't know if that's what's best for this offense, considering that we really don't have much of an offense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you've really been leaning on Tari a lot, and the fact that he fouled out hurt you i mean he was he had 24 points and seven rebounds i mean you've been leaning on him hard i think you i don't know which one of y'all said that your critique was the or maybe y'all just mentioned it that he didn't call a timeout and um he didn't call a timeout and draw a play up you had the timeout you probably should have yeah. done it there. i mean as good yeah. as he coached that game i feel like that's the move you probably should have made there um so Let's talk about that just for a brief moment. Um, if he does call a timeout, what do you draw up, Zach? Well, I mean, I think you ride the hot hand. Um, Darius Stays was having a really good night. You know, we we mentioned that you know against Arkansas when he's scoring, when he's when he's scoring, averaging I think he was around fifteen or something like that. Ben Brandon mentioned in our last show that uh, they win the game, and, and that streak was broken, obviously. Uh, on Wednesday night. So I, I think you draw something up. If, if you're going to call a timeout, then you draw something up for Darius Stace. You know, Tari Eason was out of the game, so you can't drop a play to give it to your best player. Um, 
So I think you ride the hot hand with Darius Days, obviously with the way Pinson was shooting, um, you know, driving the lane there. I, I get what they were trying to do and not calling a, a timeout. You know, they were trying to get him to to drive the lane and force the refs who had been calling um, <laughs> fouls all game, right, um, force the refs there to, to make a call. Um, so I understand the decision there to not take a timeout. But um, if you do take a timeout, Maybe the better decision was to take the timeout and draw the play for Darius Days. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. You gotta, you gotta, you can get that shot that Pinson got pretty much anytime. You know, you can get that out of a timeout if the play breaks down. So I think you should at least call a timeout there and draw up a play and try to get a better shot. And if all else fails, Pinson can do what he did and just make something out of nothing and get to the rim. And you know, like Zach said, try to make the referees call a whistle. But I, I just don't like not 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 calling the time out there. I know he's trying to, you know, show that he trusts his guys to do the right thing, but I don't know if having the ball in Pinson's hands at that moment is the best is the best option for the team. I, I look and that's well that's why I say that the Tari Eason thing was so major. Yeah. Um because you know, if you have Tari in you probably call a timeout and draw the play up. Like, I think Blake tweeted at in in during the game many times. Like, give Tari Eason the ball and get out the way. I mean, right? Uh, he is he makes a lot happen, um, and he he creates. I mean, shots that it feels like sometimes it isn't there, but he, it it falls right. And and uh, I mean, he's just really an impressive athletic player, and that's why we've seen his his draft stock rise this year. I mean, you can. You can he can drive in lane and get a bucket. He can come outside and he can shoot it every now and then. And his defense is awesome. Yeah. You you had you had days days was actually getting on the block, getting in the paints. You know, kind of scoring that way. He wasn't just settling for threes. You had Tari Eason being Tari Eason, except for those few times when um the Oscar winning Williams you know um <laughs> sold it to the referees. I love it. But. But you know, you had you had a great game plan from Will Wade, and I mean, he it worked, and essentially it worked. You know, you had you had a one possession game with the ball. You probably should have called a timeout there and drew up a better play than what you got. But you know, referees aside, you know, Will Wade did everything he was supposed to do to put his team in a position to win the game. And sometimes the players just got to make the plays, and it just didn't happen that night. But Greg and I let you go ahead and you know have your manifesto against the referee. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Reagan rant. <laughs> you were right about Pinson. He was five for twenty-one. Five for twenty-one from, okay, from, yeah. from three, or excuse me, from field from his field goals. He was zero for seven yeah. from behind the arc. And AD came in. He mentioned that's less than less than twenty-five percent. I mean, it is that is brutal. Yeah. I mean, you, can't, you brutal. can't do that in conference games. No, you, you can't. You can't. I mean, you just can't. But let's get let's get something straight here. All right. Let's get something straight here. LSU did everything they absolutely needed to do to win that ball game. They did everything. They scored 76 points in this game. It was an incredible effort. And what Brand Ben Brandon told us in last uh episode, he said when Darius Days averages 15 points or more against Arkansas, they have beaten Arkansas every single 
time. And the times that we lost to Arkansas, he averaged, I think, like less than three points a game. Darius Days had 19 points in this game. Tari Eason had 24 points in this game. And even though Pinson did have some bad shooting, he put up 12 points. These guys fought their tails off in a stadium that was absolutely full, screaming the dumbest chant in all of college sports, the Woo Pig Suey. You are literally calling pigs home. And they won that game. And the referees took it from them. The three charge calls were absolutely absurd. And I am about sick and tired of the referees screwing people over. I mean, when it comes to the point that the referees are affecting the outcome of the game, it's inexcusable. They should have more responsibility. They need to have more accountability. And there needs to be something happening after games when there's so much controversy. The fact that we had 42 fouls in 40 minutes, you averaged more than one foul a minute in this game is absolutely inexcusable. When Tari Eason, the ball has left his hand, and then you call a charge. The ball had left his hand, and then Jalen drinks. Brings the contact, pushing himself into Tari, and you call that a charge? Are you kidding me? When Xavier Pinson is driving to the lane and has come off of his feet and he is in the air, he is in the air, and Jalen Williams decides to slide under him, number one, it's dangerous. Number two, it's not a charge. It is not a charge. It is absolutely inexcusable. And the worst one of them all, J.D. Note, he walked. He walked. He went up, and then he came down, and then the contact was made on from Imwani. It's absolutely inexcusable. If that call is made right, the ball is given back to LSU 76-75, to 75, and we're running the clock out or we're getting fouled, shooting free throws to put the game away. Absolutely inexcusable. I'm sick and tired of it. I am sick and tired of it. And I absolutely agree with you, Ant, when you said that Will Wade coached one of his best games. He absolutely did. It was an incredible effort from all of them. It was a fantastic effort from Darius Days, an incredible effort from Tari Eason, and the refs took it away from him. It's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. If you look at those three charges that they took away, points off the board from LSU, and then the two free throws they got at the end of the game off the missed travel call. That's that's an eight point swing in a one point game. You know, like this this game obviously shouldn't have even been in doubt with with the with the calls that LSU was was robbed. The points that LSU was robbed off those terrible calls. I don't know what's worse, Absolutely. you know, SEC officiating or Jimmy Dykes announcing the game. You know, like mm. <laughs> his mm. his. His homerism for Arkansas just it was about as bad as that does officiate, man. But the know. few things that we did wrong in games previous that we made mistakes on, we missed tons of free throws. We missed one free throw on Wednesday night. Yep. One. Didn't turn the ball over really. Either. We did not turn the ball over a lot. We turned the ball over 10 times in the game. Mm. Ten times. I there has to be some kind of accountability. I don't know how you're going to organize it. I don't know how you're going to do it. Throw them in a press conference and let and just say, say, have at it. Let them hear it, man. There's got to be some accountability. Just be like, uh, oh, well, we called the game the way it is. You know, is what it is. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's inexcusable. I, I, you can slow the video down. 
and you can see J.D. Note clearly come up, clearly come down, and after he's come down, the contact is made. That is a complete and utter failure on the on the referees, and that cost LSU the game. That foul, that foul that they called cost LSU the game. Absolutely inexcusable. If I mean, if I was Will Wade, I'd have been tossed. I would have been tossed without question. I don't know how he kept his cool, but I would have been absolutely ejected from that game. I rest my peace. I'm not going to rant anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if peace. I want to come behind that, can- man. I, I just have to say to um, close this out about Arkansas here for a little bit that Jalen Williams indeed, like Ant said, deserves an Oscar because that boy flopped so hard. I had Arkansas friends, friends that are Arkansas fans texting me, oh, he draws so many fouls, blah, 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 the most in the SEC. Yeah, we see why, right? I mean, holy cow. Flop, floppy McGee, uh, give that man an Oscar. Goodness gracious. Frank Wilson scandal question mark. So this week, some news has come out from LSU. I don't know who broke it, honestly. I don't know who, who reported it. Y'all may know a little more about that than I do. Miss Lewis has claimed um, that Frank Wilson in the past had um, sexually assaulted her. And this is not the first time a claim like this has come from Miss Lewis. Give me your thoughts on this issue. And, I mean, how is this going to play out, guys? And. <sighs> I hate talking about this kind of stuff. I don't want to make it seem like I'm dismissing Sharon Lewis's claims. I just find it strange, the timing of the uh, additional amendment to her original lawsuit. He's been here, how what, two months now? Almost three months now? And, you know, why didn't this come out then? Why did it come oh, exactly. out? Why did it come exactly. out three months later? You know, and I just, I just, I'm just, I'm at the point now where with all the whole Title IX, with the whole USA Today stuff and the way it was reported and then the way when we, whenever we kind of let the investigation play out, we see that some of the, you know, original media reports were wrong and, you know, maybe not entirely factual. So I'm kind of just going to sit back and wait and see how this plays out to see if anything does come of this before I, you know, decide to criticize Frank or criticize Sharon Lewis or anything like that. It's it's a it's a tough tough situation. And you know, in the society that these days you're kind of seen as guilty until proven innocent. And I, I think we we kind of need to be fair to Frank and kind of let this let this play out and kind of still, you know, don't cast judgment on him as being guilty based off this, you know, allegation and kind of let it play out yeah. in the court system. Yeah, I mean, I'm, my take is, is similar to Ant's. Uh, you know, he, he mentioned something that I wanted to make a point on. By law, innocent until proven guilty. Obviously, this is going to be investigated. As Ant mentioned, for me, the, the timing is, is very questionable. Uh, as he mentioned, uh, Frank Wilson has only been at LSU for two months, and now these allegations are coming out against him. Seems pretty interesting, the timing for sure. So obviously, with everything that has happened revolving 
Sharon Lewis, there has been also a lot, a lot of things that have been that have been dropped, charges that have been dropped in the Title IX investigation. So, to me, honestly, I, I don't really see much into this. I, I don't really care to pay too much attention to this. It, it is something that obviously needs to be paid attention to, but for me, until there is something that evidence that is incriminating, you know, I, I don't try to blow it up too much uh, as we've said already innocent until proven guilty yeah y'all feel about it the same way i do you are innocent indeed till proven guilty not to be political by any means there there is a tendency a lot of times in, in cases like such to look to the victim right of, of the situation and media a lot of times likes to generate a narrative right off the bat and it makes you look guilty already. With this, you, you you can't be sucked into that, right? You've you've got to let this be investigated. You like you've got to let this play out the way it needs to be done, the proper way, the legal way. Um, everything uh, needs to be done properly. And, and look, by no means, uh, as Ant said, are we dismissing uh, the matter. We, I mean. This is my own personal opinion, and, and I don't know. I mean, I don't care, honestly, how everybody else feels about this. But if truly something like this happened, it needs to be addressed. I mean, if something like this truly happened, for real, that's inexcusable. Um, and, and it doesn't need to happen again. And it needs to be addressed. And uh, action needs to be taken. But there's a process to to lead to... A, a, a just decision on this, a right decision on this. Y'all have hinted on the time a little bit. Y'all say, y'all have said, you know, both of y'all have said, why is it now when he comes to LSU? My question is, why is it now in general? If this happened to you, why wasn't it happening when, why wasn't this happening when Frank was at McNeese State? Why wasn't this happening when it happened, right? I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know, honestly, all the, ins and outs of all the stuff that happened under Les Miles, under Ed Ordron. And, and I, I don't, I don't try to keep up with that type of stuff, honestly, because it's, I mean, that that's, that's the side of things you don't want to talk about. Right. But it, sometimes it needs to be discussed, but um, the, the reality of this is why would this now be announced? Why now? right when he's left McNeese State, come back to LSU. LSU seems like to be on the up and up. Frank Wilson's name is being mentioned a lot because he's like, like that key Louisiana guy, right? He is the recruiter. He's going to – not only is he an incredible recruiter, Brian Kelly made the point to say, you know, he's an incredible coach. And to be an incredible recruiter, you have to be an incredible coach. And it's like there's a lot about Frank Wilson. There's a lot of positivity around Frank Wilson – well, what about this? You know, why right here, right now, in the midst of this, the timing just seems a little bit off. Blake Rafino hinted at this in, in one of his tweets, or maybe not hinted at it, he said it. The last three times um, this particular lady has made an accusation, um, it has either been uh, proven wrong, or it's been dropped, or you know, whatever it, it hasn't gone through, right? Like the claim was never found to be true. 
the timing, the fact that there's history of this happening and it doesn't work out in her favor, I'm not too worried about it. I don't want to be dismissive, though, because in my own opinion, like I said, if something like this does happen, it needs to be addressed and addressed properly. Also, look at this from a perspective is we're under a new administration. Now, I understand that Ed Ordron was dropped from the whole Title IX lawsuit and whatnot, and, and they dropped his name, yada, yada, yada. But the reality of it is, is Ed Ordron was a PR disaster at times. Public relations was not Ed Ordron's best thing. And when stuff like this happened, you're like, oh, dear Lord, like, just keep your mouth shut, please. Like, like, don't go out and say anything. Don't do anything stupid. Like, like, please. And I don't know about y'all, and I'll, I'll let y'all give your thoughts on this, but I, I'm a little bit more at ease now that we have Brian Kelly, and he's going to address this situation correctly and professionally, and it's going to be done the right way because we saw in the past where this these type things probably weren't handled the best. But Brian Kelly seems like the type of guy you, you never hear out of out of Notre Dame. Oh, this is this is happening. This and this is happening. This scandal is happening. Well, Brian Kelly did this. Look at this picture. Of Brian Kelly was such and so right. Like all of that wasn't going on because Brian Kelly is an orderly professional coach, and I've, I'm at ease that this is happening with him at the head. So, Zach, what do you think about, you know, the situation now in this different context? You're under a lot better leadership. For sure, the wheels are already in motion with Brian Kelly addressing this. I'm, I'm sure he has talked to Frank Wilson. I, I, would, I would assume that. Um, maybe not, but I, I would assume he has, has at least made some sort of contact with Frank Wilson yeah. or Frank Wilson has made some sort of contact with him. I don't want to say that 100% because we don't know. One of the things that Jake Sloan mentioned in their interviews was that Brian Kelly was a fa- was a fantastic communicator. And I don't think that just comes down to football. I don't think that just comes down to recruiting. I think that comes down to when, when he is running the program uh, in its entire sum. Uh, when he, every single aspect of LSU football and running that program, Brian Kelly – is, is going to be a fantastic communicator, and I expect nothing less from him in this situation. I agree with that. I think that Brian Kelly knows how to run a program, and he knows he knows how to handle bad situations. You know, you don't coach 30 years and not have a situation come up something similar to this. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. maybe not to this magnitude or maybe not with a coach, but you – You've you've had a situation where you've had to navigate some yes. you know some questionable waters. So if if we had to go through a situation like this, I don't know of a, of a coach that I would rather have to go through this. You know, maybe a Saban, you know. But if you got you putting him up with Saban, then you're in good you're in good company. So I think having a professional coach who's going to say the right things, who's going to do the right things, and who's going to not. He's not going to make the situation. He's not going to compound the situation and make it worse. Yeah. That that that's the most important thing right now is somebody who can kind of keep keep the focus on football, keep keep it from becoming a distraction, and and keep it you know from blowing up in our faces and becoming you know a mockery or you know becoming bigger than what it needs to be. And I think I think that not only not only uh, Brian Kelly, 
but the other coaches that he's brought in around him are, are also going to do the same thing. When you look at having former head coaches on the staff, when you look at having you know former coordinators at almost every position on the staff, you're going to have guys who're going you know keep it keep it focused on football and keep the main thing the main thing, and and not let the outside noise you know I don't want to call it noise, but you know not let anything outside of football get in the way. Absolutely, absolutely. But look, Tiger fans, LSU fans, let it play out. Let 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 the investigation happen, and whatever is found, let it be. Let's not throw stones. Let's not you know cast mud on somebody immediately, and let's also not be too dismissive immediately as well for the situation. We appreciate y'all coming and listening to the show, and we appreciate you joining us. Let's take one more break, and then we'll wrap the show up. Remember to go follow us on all our social medias: Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at tigers avenue you can also go subscribe to our youtube channel at tigers avenue as well our live stream is on facebook twitter and youtube we post regularly on our story and instagram as well don't forget five star hero your intro outro music for tigers avenue podcast they ain't ready for that lsu go support him all of his music is on the major platforms they ain't ready for that lsu including the rest of his music go follow him on instagram at Saints Anthem, and Twitter at One Nation Dottie. All of his merchandise is on his Facebook page, so don't go and check that out as well, Five Star Hero. Guys, we want to encourage you to go and check out our website at tigersavenue.podbean.com. You can find the playlist to our YouTube as well as all of our latest episodes on the front page. If you go to the pages link, you can find Five Star Heroes merch and all of his beats that are available on Apple Music and Spotify. If you go to our sponsors, you can see all of the sponsors that support Tigers Avenue and check out all of their info. If you check out the Tiger Times page, you can go and see all of our games that we've attended at Alex Box Stadium, Tiger Stadium, and the PMAC through the years. And if you click on the support page, you can go and find the QR codes for our Cash App and our PayPal to support Tigers Avenue. Again, all of this you can find at tigersavenue.podbean.com. All right, let's wrap it up. Again, we thank you all for listening and commenting and your continuous support for the Tigers Avenue podcast. We love doing this show and we really enjoy doing it live it's been a blast uh the past few times doing this look guys it's friday night and we had ant on the show friday nights are officially friends friday on tigers avenue live show every friday night we're gonna have a guest on uh we appreciate ant joining the show to give his his uh commentary on all things lsu make sure you go follow him at petty underscore murphy 318 that is Petty, P-E-T-T-Y, underscore Murphy, M-U-R-P-H-Y, 318. Shout out to the 318. We appreciate you, Anthony. Yes, sir. Man. I appreciate y'all for having me, man. Can't wait to do it again. Absolutely, man. We sure will. Make sure you go follow our personal pages as well, at Zach D. Lee, underscore, and at Reagan Lee, underscore 18. And we will catch you next time on Monday night in the Tigers Avenue. Five-star hero, take us out. Who that, who that, five star? Who that, who that, five star? And the LSU Tigers, LSU Tigers.